mashup your number one search for sports gaming and everything in between. I am your host, Jake Patterson, joined once again, because of course I am, by John Holloway. It's not really any joined by, I'm just kind of always here now. You are always here, like... There may be the occasional episode where I'm soloing, but they're becoming more and more rare at this point. <laughs> I, I think the last time I soloed soloed an episode was what end of like be, end of January, beginning of February, probably. So it's been about two months. <laughs> oh. And when the Pelicans are close to a deal, it'll send JJ Redick to the Mavericks, which is amazing. JJ Redick on the Mavericks. Good God, that's a horrifying thought. But as we just are mentioning, it's the trade deadline. It's trade deadline day. As we are recording this, the trade deadline has still not come yet. Uh, what, it is three minutes away. So the trade deadlines, the trade lines at three at three p.m. Eastern. Okay, so we will. The trade deadline will come and go as we record this segment. Now, it, now, don't don't forget that trades can come in about twenty minutes after the trade deadline, just because of you know people getting sources and stuff. So and, and league approval and all that other stuff. Yeah. Oh no, Lonzo Ball trade. He'll be staying in New Orleans. Damn. Because I wasn't it was it last year or was it in uh, eighteen or there wouldn't have been a trade deadline last year in uh, eighteen nineteen where. Um... Was that an off-season thing, or was that like trade deadline? When it was the, off-season when the when the Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook thing happened. That was off-season, and it just yeah. kind of came out of nowhere. Okay, yeah, because I know there there have definitely been trades that have been like total woge bombs that have come after the deadline. I just I'm yeah blanking on uh, actual examples. Yeah, my guess is we'll get the Lowry trade after the deadline's over. Uh, oh, just oh, because. Oh yeah. Like, well, but it feels Toronto's cleared up two roster spots, so it feels as if Kyle Lowry's time in Toronto is coming to an end. Yeah, if they're if they're clearing two roster spots, that means they're getting him out of there, and they're probably getting a big return. Yeah. So, who knows? They're probably getting a very very big return. Six. The Sixers are reportedly still in the sweepstakes, though. Yeah, that's that's been going back and forth all day. It's like, are they in or are they out? Like they were number one going into the day, and then it over the day it felt like they were kind of dropped out because they wanted Maxi Thibel and first round and two picks, which is a lot. Andre Drummond and the Cavs will agree to a buyout, so Andre Drummond can go wherever the heck he wants. That's uh... and as far as I know, he is in Los Angeles right now. Think he's uh think he's going to the if he goes to the Lakers, just GG. Just GG everyone else. The other twenty nine teams in the NBA. How do you score? Yeah, you you don't. Because LeBron is a pretty good perimeter defender. Yeah. He's a very good perimeter defender, and then you you just don't score inside. Like you, you just don't score inside against the Anthony Davis and Andre Drummond. AD squared. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. How do you? You just how do you get rebounds. You don't. Like, how do you do anything 
inside of 15 feet. Like, how do you do anything inside of 15 feet? I don't think you do. Like, you have to, you would have to be Steph Curry. And even then, a lot of Steph ge- Steph's game is predicated on the drive and kick. Driving isn't going to work against those two. <laughs> no, it's not. And I, I think getting Drummond is a be- is a better thing for the Lakers than getting Kyle Kyle Lowry would have been. Oh yeah. Uh, for for the reason of the the Lakers have depth. I mean, with Schroeder, Harold, yeah, uh, all those guys, they actually have some depth. Which is something that I remember talking about on the show last year, um, because when the off season was happening and the Lakers were sitting there waiting, hoping to get Kawhi too, all of the other depth free agents got signed. Yeah, and remember I said to you, I was like, "That's dumb." Yeah, they were they were hoping and praying to get Kawhi Leonard, and then they didn't get him, and they were waiting so long they missed out on everybody else. Uh, Dallas has officially acquired J.J. Redick, and the Mavericks will also acquire Trey Lyles from the Spurs in a multi-team deal. That's actually not a bad trade. That, that's not a bad trade at all. That's a that's a good pickup for Dallas. Yeah, that's a that's a very good pickup for Dallas. So Dallas just got better three point wise. They just got better. Yeah, they just got a whole lot better. Depending on who they gave up, we don't know who they gave up yet. Yeah. Um. But I mean, I'm I'm guessing JJ Redick didn't demand a whole lot of a return. No, because he's still a valuable asset, but he's thirty six. He's getting up there in age. Yeah, and his his game is pretty one dimensional. I mean, that's all you need when you got Luca, man. You that, just need people to sit on the three point line. Yeah, that's that's very true. Um, you don't so you don't big, need him to tr- do all that much. Yeah. The big trade of the day is is the 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 Magic have officially entered a rebuild. Yeah, by trading uh, Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon, and Vuce, uh, Nikola Vucevic. Yeah, so their entire core just gone. Yeah, gone. <laughs> like, yeah, their entire core just went. Their entire core just went kaput, and uh, they are. They are in full rebuild mode, which they they absolutely should be. That is that is the right decision. They've been stuck in this little middle of mediocrity because they always get like a seven or eight seed, and they're always competitive, but they're not going to win a championship. Nope. They they might not uh, even win a they they wouldn't even win a uh, a playoff series. They might win like two games in a playoff series because, like you said, they'd be the seven or eight, and they'd get. Absolutely stomped by it. Still feels weird to say this. The Sixers, yeah. Like they, if they were the eight seed, they would get absolutely stomped by the Sixers this year. And like, what what good is that going to do you? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Uh, the Celtics and Bulls are in talks to trade Mo Wagner for Daniel Tice, which is just weird. That's that's just a weird trade. That I don't understand it. Uh, but also. Evan Fournier to the Celtics is just they, they freaking stole him first of all for two second round picks like that's just that's highway robbery actual robbery yeah but also it's a, kind of a weird move in my opinion yeah it's it's a little weird because like I, I personally think that the 
Celtics need to be playing Tatum at the three like they have been. Yeah. I don't think he's a four. No, he is not a four. But they're going to move him probably to four with this and start Fournier, Brown, and Tatum. And that's just basically the same lineup as Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Yeah, it's it's the same exact thing. Because Fournier and Hayward have pretty similar games, too. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's just an odd trade, in my opinion. We'll see how it works out for them. Who knows? Yeah. The Celtics, have been, the, the Celtics have been weird this year because they haven't even come close to meeting their expectations. Reportedly, there are people who... the Part of, part of the trade thing is that people don't trust... Um, don't trust Danny Ainge in trades after what he tried to do to Kimball Walker, which is knowing his knee wasn't right and tra- trying to trade him without telling people that his knee wasn't right. Yeah, I could see that. So, like, people... Apparently, Danny Ainge has been known to hide stuff in trades and that kind of stuff, and people just don't trust him. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. Like, if he... If he just, like, straight up lied about Kepa's knee being jacked up, like, that's, one, that's just, like, not cool. That's, that's some, uh, that's some serious bad faith negotiating, and I wouldn't want to work with him anymore either. Yeah. So, part of it's that. So, I don't know. It's just, the Celtics are so weird. Like, I feel like they should be so much, they should be top three in the East. And, and they're just not. They're they're not. They're in eighth place, and they're two games under five hundred. Like you can't do that if you're the the Boston Celtics. First of all, your fans expect better from you. Yeah, like Boston fans are absolutely insane. Second of all, you should expect better from yourself, especially when you have the team that you have. Yeah, that. And when you have <clears throat> when you have a quality coach like Brad Stevens, like. You would think they'd be better than this. I agree. Their issue is, ever since Al Horford left, they have no one to do any of the dirty work down low. They just don't. Yeah. Also, no no third team in the J.J. Redick deal that fell through, but it's just a direct trade. So it's just, it's just a straight up swap. That's still, that's still not a bad, not a bad deal for, uh, Oh, absolutely not. Not a bad deal for Dallas at all, because... I mean, they're obviously keeping Luca and Porzingis around. Like they wouldn't have traded either of them. And like you add JJ Reddick to that mix, that's that's going to be a pretty darn good team. Now the this is something that I that I would have done. Um, the 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 Pacers were reportedly taking offers for Malcolm Brogdon. If yeah, if I'm the Mavericks, I'm all over that. <laughs> The Mavericks should have gone to them and said, all right, we'll give you Hardaway. We'll give you Josh Green and two first round picks. And that would have been a fair trade for both teams. Like you, you should have done that. And like, I, I, who are we to question Mark Cuban to be fair? Like we're two 20, 20 year olds who don't have any experience whatsoever. Yeah. and, And everything Literally everything Mark Cuban has ever touched has turned to solid. Ha- hasn't even turned to gold. It's turned to diamonds. Diamond. Yeah. 
Like, like everything he has touched looks like diamond weapons in Black Ops. Yeah. Like, it's gold encrusted with diamonds. Like, that is, that is everything Mark Cuban has literally ever touched, other than those few random stories of Shark Tank where he got tricked by a, by a bad, by a bad investment and he ended up losing money. But that happens so rarely. Yeah. Like, he could lose several hundred million dollars and still have more money than either of us will ever see. Oh, correct. Like, <laughs> like dude knows what he's doing. Breaking Victor Oladipo to the heat. Oh. Oh, 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 oh. oh my God. <laughs> there it is, boys. There it is. Damn. <laughs> We were waiting for a big, big trade, uh, trade deadline, and uh, about ten minutes later, about ten minutes later, it appears Victor Oladipo has been traded to the Heat. Sources tell ESPN, according to Woj. I think that means that either I think that means, means no Lowry. That means that that means they're either out on Lowry or they're just going full blown super team. And I, I don't think money wise they can make it work. That's that's true too. Lowry wants two years, thirty five, uh, fifty million after this season, and the Heat could He's not afford thirty five, and the Heat could not afford that because they're going to want to pay Oladipo. Yeah, because and he he wants to be there. Like that's where perfect. he wanted to go, and yeah. So they will I, have. I really hope if they gave up like a ton, they're stupid. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, if if they gave up heck, if they gave up Tyler Hero. They're not giving up Tyler Hero. That was No. There's that, no way. That was that was the rumor on Twitter all day was that that's what uh that's what Toronto wanted for uh for Lowry and they It were, is. That is true. And they were trying to use Philly as leverage. Like that's that's been the report all day that Toronto has I mean, been Toronto has I been leaking. Toronto has been leaking that that the Sixers are in front just to just to get the leverage. Yeah, I mean, I was the one that told you that. Yeah, it was you and Twitter. It's <laughs> <laughs> like my, uh, my, but my, yeah, my so. sources get blurred together, especially when the information comes in at like the exact same time. <laughs> <laughs> like I see it on Twitter, and then you message me the exact same thing. Yeah. So. If they gave Oladipo wanted to be in Miami, yeah, and Kyle Lowry is staying on the the Toronto Raptors and will enter free agency. So he's according to Woj. Okay, so no Lowry trade. He's staying. He's staying in in quote unquote Toronto for the rest of the year, even though they're in Tampa. Even though they're actually playing in Tampa. (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, so I think actually the biggest trade that it might fly a little bit under the radar is Norman Powell to the Blazers. Yeah, just because the, of just because Norman Powell's not a huge name, and the Blazers aren't a team people really think about until Damian Lillard hits an insane shot in the playoffs again, again, <laughs> as he yeah. as he tends to do in the playoffs. Yeah, so. And here's here's why I say that is 
What has been in 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 your mind the biggest issue with Portland in terms of their team and why they haven't necessarily succeeded? Depth. All all they've been for the longest time is Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. They they've never had a third scorer. Yeah. Ever. And Norman Powell can do that. I think I think Norman Powell can easily come in and average 18, 19 points, four boards, four assists. That's oh. all you need. That's all you need. Yeah. That, that, because uh, uh, Lowered and McCollum are going to do the rest. Yeah. Like, McCollum's coming back healthy. You'll get Nurkic back. And now you don't have to put so much scoring pressure on Nurkic as well because he's had he's had health issues. So now you can kind of take a little bit of a load off of Yusuf Nurkic and keep him healthy. And if he can just average 15 and 15, you're fine. Yeah. Like you're it's forcing him to have to average like 20. Yeah. You're, you're upset. Like you are, you are set and you're set for a while. And, and they didn't give up Derek Jones or Robert Covington. Yeah. They gave up Gary Trent, which is to be fair, Gary Trent's a good player, but he's not a third option scorer. And I think Norman Powell can easily be a third option scorer because he's never really been given the opportunity to do that. Yeah. Gary, Gary Trent's a spark plug off the bench. Not, not your number three guy. I, I think, I mean, I mean, I think Gary Trent will come in and start for, well, no, cause they kept Lowry. Never mind. He won't start for Toronto. Yeah, um, he, he's, he's a spark plug off the bench, especially on that roster. Yeah. I'm still trying. Uh, there isn't anything on what the what they got for him yet. On uh, what Oladipo got for him, um, but but if they gave up, if they got gave up anything of any kind of like extreme value, they're dumb. They're really dumb. It's just dumb. Yeah, that's that's like one of the uh, that's like one of the worst. That would be like that. This is the worst trade deal in the history of trade deals. <laughs> it was more of a Bernie Sanders impression, but you think I know what politicians sound like? Yeah, I don't really know what that was. It was it was an att- it was a very poor attempt at a Donald Trump impression that ended up sounding more like lazy Bernie Sanders. <laughs> Like, oh, God. Okay, I promise to the listeners of this show, I will never impersonate politicians ever again because that was awful. <laughs> and if he does, I will make him go and in a COD game, he will have to run into mid, spin in a circle till he dies, and repeat for the entirety of the game. <laughs> oh, God. That's awful. Yeah, it is. Fair enough. <laughs> you have to have your best weapon out. So then it screws your KD with that weapon. Oh God, that's that's even worse. Exactly, that's so much worse. Holy crap! I mean, my my KD, even with my good weapons, is already screwed. You know that. And I actually know I have a better punishment. Oh no! I will buy a Garrison Matthews jersey. Oh fuck! You have to wear it on stream for a week. <laughs> Ah, no, and then return it. Heck no! <laughs> Punishment if you if you ever try to impersonate a, 
<laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I am probably the only person in the world who has such strong feelings about like a depth player on the Wizards. <laughs> he's actually starting. He's starting, yeah. but he's not like the guy. He'd be a depth player everywhere else. Because the Wizards are just so freaking bad. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, that would be terrible. You have to wear a Garrison Matthews jersey on stream for a week. And then return it. <laughs> that would be the worst thing ever. <laughs> oh my god. I'd have to put like a Liberty shirt on underneath that. Just so it... <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but... Uh, old uh, hatred of of former college player rivals aside, <laughs> let's uh, let's get into the next stage of the madness. I hate this new schedule format where the Sweet Sixteen is going to start on Saturday rather than starting today on Thursday. Because, you know, that makes total sense. <laughs> like, Saturday through Tuesday. I don't like that. Like, that's barely... That's barely the weekend. But... What can you do, I guess? But... The game's on Saturday. Good lord. Oregon State, Loyola, Chicago to kick things off. I'm, I, I think we both know where our prediction is going in that one. Yeah. Uh, Villanova Baylor at, at five, right? Right in like peak prime time. Oral Roberts, Arkansas at 725. And then Syracuse, Houston. <laughs> your, your mic peaked like crazy there. And you roboted. Good Lord. Oh no. <laughs> Very loud, go Golden Eagles, for those who couldn't understand through all the peaking and roboting, but... Uh, go Golden Eagles! I, I agree. Actually, th this one is a win-win for me, because I, I like Oral Roberts, and I also like Eric Musselman as a coach. Yeah. So that one's that one's a win-win. Like, either way, I'll be happy. And then Syracuse-Houston, there, there's only one result in that game that'll make me happy. Go Cougars. And that's Syracuse getting absolutely raffle stomped because Jim Bayheim might be one of the most unlikable people in sports. <laughs> with, you met Skip Bayless? With an actual connection to sports, not just idiots who get paid to get drunk in studio and fire get drunk in the studio and fire off stupid takes. That there's big difference there. Yeah, that's true. Like, coach, player, GM, owner, Jim Beheim or athletic director, Jim Beheim is one of the, uh, one of the most unlikable people in all of sports. <laughs> like, like, I know this was a couple years ago, but you cannot come into the ACC and in your first year talk shit about Greensboro. Like, you have to earn the right to talk shit about Greensboro. <laughs> like, Maryland fans have more of a right to make fun of that place than Syracuse does. <laughs> and we're not even in the ACC anymore. They never should have left. 
No, you shouldn't have. They really never should have left. But that's an entirely different discussion that we've had on this show many times before. Yes. Anyway, so I think we're all thinking Little Chicago, Baylor, Arkansas, Houston is probably what's going to happen. It's probably what's going to happen, but given this tournament, you never freaking know. I I I I, I don't think Villanova has any shot. I think Villanova's going to get stomped. Oh yeah, without uh without Gillespie, they're they're screwed against Baylor. Awesome. You want to hear the ticket price difference between these games? Oh god. <laughs> I'm sure it's insane. So Oregon State Loyola Chicago tickets as low as $165. You know what the lowest is for Baylor Villanova? I'm guessing somewhere in the 3-400 range. 587. Oh my god. And it's not like these are in, well, what, uh, I, I love it's Hinkle. It's at Baylor Villanova. Is it Hinkle? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> so it's Houston Syracuse. Yeah. I don't think anyone will ever pay five, nearly $600 for a ticket to a game at Hinkle Fieldhouse ever again. Arkansas Oral Roberts tickets as low as $187. You know what the difference is for Sarah, uh, Houston Syracuse? What's your what's your range? Houston Syracuse, given the size of Syracuse's fan base, those tickets are probably at least six hundred bucks. No, you're wrong. Four hundred eighty. Oh, still, <laughs> that's really freaking high. <laughs> you want to take a quick drive up to uh, Indianapolis and buy a ticket to the Oregon State or Chicago game? I'm kidding. <laughs> I would love to do uh, that, but of Pearl. What? Zach Creighton, $681. My God. I mean, that makes sense. That's two really good teams, but holy crap. Getting into day two, we got Gonzaga, Creighton, uh, Michigan, Florida State, UCLA, Alabama, and then USC, Oregon. Yeah. Gonzaga's going to just, it's going to look like a nice leisurely stroll in the park for Gonzaga. Yeah, especially if uh, the Creighton that played against Georgetown in the Big East Championship game shows up. Yeah. Like, if that Creighton shows up against Gonzaga, they're going to lose by, like, 40. Yeah. Gonzaga's only favored by 13. They're probably going to win that game by at least 20. Like, I am I am hammering that Gonzaga line because they're still going to cover that spread. No problem. Uh, Michigan, Florida State, uh, I think it's a toss-up, honestly. This one is probably the closest game on Saturday. Because I think, I think, uh, Oregon's getting hot. Sunday, first of all. Oh, Sunday. You see what your weird-ass schedule has done to me, NCAA? (laughs) Like, you see what your weird-ass schedule has done? This game is supposed to be on Friday. Oh, my God. Hopefully... Like, please, for the love of God, NCAA, go back to your normal schedule next year. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Saturday, Monday. Go back to that next year, please. <laughs> uh, UCLA, Alabama. Yeah, that, Bama. Bama's going to roll in that one. Like, Nate Oates is a way better coach than Mick Cronin, like, and Bama's just a better team. Bama's going to roll over UCLA in that game. We could go to that game if we had five hundred ninety-six dollars, and and uh, the ability to get a hotel in Indianapolis. Yeah, 
which uh, is probably straight up impossible right now. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Like, like the hotels right now in Indianapolis are probably like in the same price range as the Indy 500 and Gen Con. I'm curious. I'm going to look it up while we continue to talk. What, what hotel prices are in Indianapolis right now? Yeah. They're probably absolutely insane. But yeah, these games, I think, I think the only close one out of all four of the games on Sunday is going to be Florida State and Michigan. Like, they're, they're both two really good teams. Uh, Creighton has mostly been kind of lucky and playing pretty well to get this far, but they're, they're absolutely no match for Gonzaga. Same thing with UCLA. They got, they mostly got lucky. Yeah. And, and Oregon, after just absolutely raffle stomping in their, in their last game. I mean, USC did the same thing. Yeah. USC took Kansas and made them look like a freaking high school team. That's true. USC, USC did beat the crap. Some of these tickets are only $38. Wait. For hotel rooms in Indianapolis right now. No, I said the tickets for hotel rooms in Indianapolis are about $150 a night. That's about normal for a decent hotel room in a big city. So that's. There's a three and a half star hotel at $63 a night. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah, but it's a three and a half star hotel. Yeah. I, 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 I don't think, uh, I don't think that would be worth that kind of price. <laughs> Courtyard by Marriott, Indianapolis airport, $109 a night. Yeah, that's, oh, right at the airport. That, that's actually not that bad for right at the, uh, for right at the airport. Cause I'm pretty sure, isn't that near all the, the stadiums and everything too? Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's actually really good for being right at the airport and close and to the stadium. And, and yeah, and a courtyard, and like an actually good hotel chain. Anyway, but yeah, these 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 games. I'm thinking, like Oregon USC, even though it's a very late tip, is going to be like a sneaky good game. Going to get some serious Pac-12 after dark vibes on this one, though. Oh yes, like this is going to be some like Pac-12 after dark nonsense in that game. Oh, I 100% agree with you. Um, I, I think this game will be close, too. I, I I do think that Evan Mobley's size might be too much for Oregon. Um, yeah, he's going to be tough to deal with, but Figueroa. Figueroa's really good. Duarte's really good. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, I think a lot of the games will be good this weekend. Oh, yeah. You're, you're going to get good games this weekend, and then – whatever the potential matchups in the elite eight end up being like based on, based on our predictions, the, the matchups in the elite eight would be, uh, let's see, it'd be, Oh God, Gonzaga versus either USC or Oregon. That would be really fun. Yeah. I, I think Gonzaga is still going to just, Oh yeah. Gonzaga is still going to raffle stop either of them, but it'll be a little more interesting than whatever they're about to do to whatever murder they're about to commit on Creighton. Yeah. Uh, Michigan or Florida State against Bama. That would be a really good game, no matter who wins out of Michigan and Florida State. I think uh, Baylor, Baylor versus, let's be honest here, probably Arkansas would be would be pretty fun. 
get some old uh get some old get some old like SWC rivalry stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Like go way back till uh till to uh before SMU screwed it up for everybody else. And then Loyola Chicago versus Houston, that would be really fun too. <laughs> like so based on the potential of matchups in the Elite Eight, we're gonna get I think we're gonna get a lot of really good games this weekend. Like I I like I I I still miss this so much. <laughs> oh my god. I'm I'm very I'm very hyped for the games this weekend though. Those are gonna be those are gonna be fun. I agree with you. And I'm I'm prepared for just as much chaos as we had uh, as we had last week. Because you know it's coming. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> like there's there's gonna be chaos in there somewhere. Like one of those teams that we don't expect to win at all is going to win. I don't think it'll be Creighton, but uh it it's gonna be it's gonna be somebody. Like somebody I... we don't expect is gonna win. Yeah. If I had to pick, I'd say it's either gonna be Oral Roberts or Villanova, but Gonna be tough for both of them to pull that off. Look, if I had to pick a potential upset this weekend, it's gonna be one of those two. But it's still, it probably have to be Villanova. Um, yeah, I, 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 I Oral Roberts is gonna is gonna run out of magic. Yeah, they're they're gonna run out of steam. Like, O'Banner and Aismith have played literally every single minute of every single games of both games so far. Yeah, they can they can only do so much, especially if they're gonna have to play another forty minutes in that game. Yeah, like, like what are you, what are you gonna do? Like they're probably gonna end up. I think. Uh, I think this game they end up getting their curtain call. Like I, I oh, Aismith have had to average twenty nine and twenty seven point five respectively points per game for them to win. Yeah, while playing, while both of them playing the entire game. Yeah. So they're going to be like, they've had, they've had a couple days to recover, but they're going to be gassed. Yeah. But like, they're, they're going to put on a show, but it's, it's not going to be enough to uh, beat Arkansas. I agree. It's still that's still gonna probably be one of the best games of the weekend though. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Yeah, O'Banner and Aismith had twenty eight twenty six and forty minutes on against Florida. Good lord. No one on their team scored no one else on their team scored in double digits. Oh yeah. Yeah, they're they're gonna be exhausted. <laughs> there there's no way they're beating Arkansas when they're that tired. In the overtime game against Ohio State, O'Banner had thirty, Aismith had 29 playing all 45 minutes no one on their team had more than six points yeah they're they're done and they're only four people other people scored which they only play a seven man rotation so like one guy not scoring when there's two guys who are doing all the heavy lifting jurgens had six thompson had three uh laces had five and weaver had two yeah, that's uh, that's not going to be enough to beat Arkansas. <laughs> like, that's man. But, I, I, if they don't get help, it's over. Yeah, but I I think if if one of those other guys can step up, they they'll have a chance and even score like ten. Yeah, against Florida, 
9-9-2-4-3. So a little bit better, but not much. Florida had 14, 19, 17, 14. Instead of 28, 26, 9, 9, 4, 3, 2. Yeah. So they were a little like, more balanced. It just wasn't enough to overcome what Ace Miss and O'Banner did. Yeah. It's just, it's it's hard to sustain that. Yeah. Especially, Portland. especially with, uh, with short, with short turnarounds. Oh, used men's basketball coaches retiring as of 254 today. Yeah, I saw that. Like he uh he called a team meeting and told the guys he's uh he's retiring. So round and around the coaching carousel goes. Hi ho the Cherio. Yep. Oklahoma, you better keep your grubby big twelve hands off of Richie McKay. <laughs> you wanna I... <laughs> Oh my god, the poor Rockets. You know what they got in exchange for Oladipo? Almost nothing. Avery Bradley, <laughs> Kelly Olynyk, <laughs> and 2022 first round swap rights. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> For an all star shooting guard, that's like nothing. I mean, to be fair, that's better than losing him for nothing. That That's true. That's better than losing him for nothing in free agency in the offseason. But oh my god. <laughs> yeah. That's worse than getting Brandon Knight, John Henson, and a second round pick for Andre Drummond. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's just a bad, it's just a bad return for Houston. I mean, they had no leverage whatsoever, but... They, they, Oladipo had more leverage than the Houston Rockets. Yeah. Okay? And Oladipo had none. Yeah, like... The Houston Rockets had negative leverage. Yeah, they basically, they basically had to agree to whatever Miami said they would give them for Victor Oladipo. Yeah. A um, couple other small trades. Uh, Celtics and Bulls are finalizing a trade to send Daniel Tice for Mo Wagner. And uh, the Warriors are trading Marquise Chris to San Antonio. Yeah, that's that's weird. So. But yeah, that's the, uh, that's the trade deadline and the Sweet 16. It's going to be an interesting weekend. But uh, that's what we got. No, it was a little bit shorter today, but preview stuff and reaction to trades is always a little bit shorter. But up next, uh, take a look at the CDL and some of the roster swaps as we head into the second week of stage two. And the shitstorm that is 100 Thieves versus 100 Thieves Valorant versus Riot themselves. We'll, uh, we'll get into all that up next, here on The Mashup. Alright, welcome back to The Mashup. It's uh, it's just me this time, because uh, we're getting into the esports stuff. Because that is also what I like to talk about on this show, because it's my show and I can talk about whatever the heck I want. But, for the esports fans, don't worry, I have you covered too. So, uh... It is week two of stage two in the Call of Duty League. These these uh, current games on the schedule are underway. The, the Thursday games on the schedule have begun. 
And at time of recording, Paris Legion is tied with Dallas Empire. I Right now, live prediction, that scoreline is not holding. Dallas is winning this series. And if they don't, they should be they should be massively disappointed in themselves. The second series today is uh, is going to be over by the time this episode comes out, but it is still a big one nonetheless. Minnesota Rocker versus Optic Chicago. It is the first series for new member of the Minnesota Rocker roster, Standy. Standy, Standy. I I'm gonna go with Standy. Uh, he has a lot of A's in his name. <laughs> So I'm not a hundred percent sure how it's pronounced because he's, he's been in the challenger scene. He is, this is his, uh, his first, this is his first series in the, in the top level of professional play in the, in the CDL or the, or the CWL. Cause, uh, he is, he is only 19 because after some, uh, very disappointing results in stage one, and some equally disappointing results to kick off stage two. Because let's just let's just go back and look at uh, at Minnesota's record in stage one because it was not very good. Minnesota was was three and two in stage one, so that's about where I expected them to be given the group they were in. But they kind of they kind of bombed out of the major. Like their their performance in the major was uh disappointing to say the least. <laughs> their their performance in the major could have been better. They they lost to Ultra and that was that. Like they were they were one and done. They they lost to Ultra in the first round of losers bracket and uh they went home. Which I expected a little bit more from them, I will admit. Like I expected a lot more from them. They or the second round of losers. Like they they started in winner they started in the they started in the second round of losers, so they had an advantage and they they got beat by Toronto and that was it. They were one and done at the major. And I can honestly understand why they decided to make a change. Because they did not have some great results. They they got, you know, they got they got swept by London during uh, the the latter half of Super Week. They didn't have a great showing at the major, and then last weekend they got swept by Paris and Florida. Now Florida's good. Florida's a good team, but getting swept by Paris is um is is not good, and a change definitely needed to be made, and a change was made. So they they moved uh Priesta to second AR. They took him off SMG and they moved him to second AR. He's still pretty good with an AR in his hands, so I don't think his production's gonna drop off all that much. But they moved him they moved him to second AR. He's always been a flex player anyway, he'll be fine. The interesting thing was they benched Major Maniac and brought in Standy as their their second SMG player. And he's been, he's been kicking all kinds of butt in the, in the challenger scene. So I'm curious to see what he does, especially given rockers slate this weekend, where if your easier game out of two in a single weekend is against optic, 
you got a pretty tough slate in a single weekend because their other matchup is the second to last game on Sunday against Dallas Empire. Like, way to just throw this poor kid right into the fire. Like, oh, hey, Standy, welcome to the COD League. You have to go up against one of the favorites to win the league this season and the defending champs. Have fun. That is your first season as a, that is your first two series as a top level professional Call of Duty player. Good luck, kid. Good luck. Uh, his, his real name's Eli. So, uh, good luck, Eli. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry you, uh, you got stuck with, <laughs> with such a terrible first two games. And I, I feel bad for this kid. <laughs> it's like, oh, what? Why not put him up against, you know, two of the best teams in the league for his, for his first series as a, as a top level pro? Why the heck not? I think I think Optic's probably going to win this series. Hopefully, for Minnesota's sake, uh, Standy does have a better performance than uh, than Major Maniac did, and it's enough to uh, keep the roster spot because developing the amateur scene can only be a good thing, and being able to pull good players from the amateur scene can only be a good thing. I mean, New York did it with Mac, and... That's done pretty good things for them. I mean, picking up Clayster obviously helped, but like when Mac joined the team last year was when New York Subliners turned their season around. So maybe this could be the same thing for uh, Minnesota Rocker as well as 100 Thieves. 100 Thieves, LA Thieves, whatever. I mean, it, it's very weird calling them Los Angeles Thieves. I'm so used to saying 100 Thieves. But... I think people know who I am referring to. They have also made a roster change. They have benched Temp, which, uh, let's be honest with ourselves here, is something I've been saying since uh, the very early points of the season. And replaced him with challenger player Venom. And I believe Venom was on West R, who was one of the best teams in the challengers level, at least in North America was, was one of the best teams in NA challengers and would regularly make big plays against the thieves in scrims. So I can understand why they signed him. Uh, and he's going to, if he's taken over for temp, I honestly think that's a good thing because temp just was not that fourth guy for hundred thieves. He, he, like, he seems like a nice guy and all. He he seems funny. I like when he's in LA Thieves content, but he just wasn't the guy. Like, Kenny and Slasher are two of the best players of all time. TJ Haley is, like, to use a traditional sports term here, is an all-star caliber player. I think if the COD League had an all-star game, he would make it. He would make the all-star game. It'd be very weird to do like an all-star game situation, but he would make the all-star team. He just would. And that's hard to argue with given some of his performances, especially on that Moscow search. Like that Moscow search against Seattle earned him an all a 
non-existent hypothetical all-star spot on its own. Like it was just that good. But LA Thieves have a much overall easier schedule this weekend. They still have a, a rough game in the second slot on Saturday where they're taking on Atlanta. Like, oh, hey, two new guys. Uh, between the two of you, you will have to play the three best teams in the league in your first couple series as a CDL pro. Have fun, both of you. <laughs> Both of you have fun. I'm sure you're in, you'll enjoy yourselves. LA Thieves does catch a break though because their their first match is uh, Friday afternoon against London, and I think even with Temp they were capable of beating London. So with a player who is hopefully improved in Venom, this will be a chance for him to adjust to the speed at which the CDL game is played as opposed to challengers. I mean, it's challengers is still very high level competition. Don't get me wrong, but CDL is just another level. And I think he could have a very good series against London Royal Ravens, just given the fact that they're probably going to be more keyed on keyed in on uh, Kenny and slasher and really TJ Haley too. They're going to be more keyed in on the other three guys. And if he's any good at all, he should be able to use that to his advantage. Because that was the big problem with Temp. Temp could never use the fact that the other three guys on his team were a distraction for him to be able to do things to his advantage. Like, that was a big, big weakness in his game. So, I'm I'm excited to see what both LA Thieves and, uh, and Minnesota Rocker do this weekend. As far as the other teams go, Subliners has has it pretty easy. They have LA Gorillas in London. That's that seems like relatively easy wins for them. Uh, Gorillas also have Toronto. That should actually be a halfway interesting game, just because it's two lower level teams going up against each other. Same with the first game on Sunday in in Seattle versus Paris. Like the two best games on Sunday are obviously Minnesota versus Dallas and, and Florida versus Chicago. Cause I think Florida versus Chicago is going to be a, an absolute banger of a series and Minnesota versus Dallas definitely could be. It's, it's tough to tell, but because it is a, a new, a, basically a brand new Minnesota rocker roster with, with Priesta moving off SMG and moving to second AR and Standy, the new guy coming in against a very well-established Dallas Empire team that has just been playing together since the beginning of last season. So it's uh it's gonna be a it's gonna be rough sledding for Minnesota. I think they do drop both their series this weekend just because of the challenge in front of them. But they put up a fight in both. I think they do put up a legitimate fight in both. They're like, they're going to show flashes of what they can be and what we all thought they were going to be at the beginning of the season. Like, you know, Dark Horse title contenders like they were for most of last year. I, I think uh, I think this version of their roster is a little bit better. And I hope Major Maniac does land on his feet somewhere. I don't know where he'll end up, but hopefully he lands on his feet somewhere on another team that could use a good SMG player. <laughs> Maybe Seattle. Because uh, Seattle's SMG players are not the best. 
But as far as actual predictions, I'm thinking uh, I'm thinking this Dallas Paris series is going to end three uh, one in favor of the Empire. Uh, Minnesota versus Optic. That one's probably. I hate to do this to Minnesota, but that one's probably also three one in favor of Optic. L.A. Thieves will probably sleep, sweep Royal Ravens, just because I think uh, I think they're they're pretty good and they're significantly better than London. And actually, yeah, let me change that. Optic's gonna sweep Minnesota. Minnesota's not ready. They're they this new version of their roster has to find their chemistry. And Priesta and Major Maniac have been playing together forever, so it's gonna take it's gonna take some getting used to him playing without him. So I think uh, I think that one ends up in a sweep for Optic, but Minnesota does put up a fight, but they do get swept. Uh, New York versus the other LA. I think New York wins this one, and they win this one pretty comfortably. Three uh, one. They lose like a fluke. They lose like a fluke control or something, and then they come back and dominate on fourth hard point. Uh, same thing with them against London. I think they actually sweep London because they're just that much better than them. <laughs> LA Thieves versus Atlanta Phase. I think uh, I think Atlanta is going to take this one three one if if Thieves are lucky. I think uh, same issue as Minnesota. They're going to need time to find chemistry with this new look roster. And while the match with London will help, I don't know if they'll be ready for Atlanta just yet. I I think they're going to get walloped here. Gorillas versus Toronto is interesting to me because it's really hard to pick. Uh, gorillas have been playing relatively well lately. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking maybe they get the win. I think, uh, I think, I think they maybe take the, the three, one, possibly three, two win over Toronto. Cause Toronto just has not been good. Uh, Seattle surge versus Paris Legion. That one's going to Paris. Probably also three, one, just because Paris is giving Dallas a fight right now, which means they can they can handle themselves against Seattle. Minnesota versus Dallas, probably 3-1 in favor of Dallas. Minnesota will have the chemistry a little bit more established thanks to the Optic series by then, but it's not going to do all that much. Dallas is just that good. And Florida versus Optic, I think this will be the one big upset of the weekend because Optic's terrible search play will come back to bite them once again and uh, Florida's going to win that one in five so uh, 3-2 Mutineers but uh, let's let's get into the absolute shitstorm <laughs> that is 100 Thieves Valorant versus Riot and Nerd Street Gamers right now because, oh man, it, it took a couple days for this story to come out after the the incident itself happened, but 100 Thieves got into it. It was mostly Frost, their, their head coach, got into it with Nerd Street Gamers about a ruling they made ahead of 100 Thieves' match with Immortals in the upper bracket of NA Masters. And it was, according to 100 Thieves, NSG made a decision on which server to play on that directly contradicted the decision they made it like a week prior in 100 Thieves' match against TSN. 
And 100 Thieves were, rightfully so, pissed about that. And Frost got into an argument with NSG. And don't get me wrong. I think NSG is one of the best TOs in North America. Like, not directly... If if you're talking not directly affiliated with a developer, NSG is one of the best TOs, governing bodies, whatever the heck you want to call them, in the country. Like... I have nothing but love for what NSG does. I think they are a positive thing in the North American esports scene, but they fucked up here. Like, they really messed this up. And 100 Thieves did have a right to challenge their decision. Now, did they have a right to leverage the players and the team's social media presence to go after NSG for making a decision 100 Thieves disagreed with. Heck no. Like, they got they got fined five grand for delaying the broadcast, and Frost is on probation for the, <coughs> for the next, let's call it four months. Nine months, because we're at the end of March. The next nine months. The, the rest of the year. Frost is, Frost is on probation. Well, until... Because the Valorant Champions Tour ends would end the first week of December, because that what that's when World Championships is. But how many events really take place after December twelfth? Like how many how many tournaments? How many big tournaments really take place after December twelfth? Not a whole lot. So he's on probation for the rest of the year, and the org got fined five grand, which is chump change to 100 Thieves. Like, they made five grand on that last jersey drop. Probably more. But this is... And this is one of the few times we had an actual video. And... That that conversation definitely went on for longer than four minutes. I don't care what anyone says. Even as a 100 Thieves fan. Like, that conversation absolutely went on for longer than four minutes. Because... The start of the game against Immortals got delayed almost an hour. So there's no way it was just a four-minute conversation that delayed the game. And both sides are in the wrong here. NSG screwed up by picking the server that would just absolutely screw 100 Thieves in terms of ping. And also, it was a decision that directly contradicted a decision they made a week prior. So, uh, not a great look for NSG, not a great look for 100 Thieves, and really not a great look for Riot. Just bad looks all around. Like, hopefully, all three of these entities, the team, the TO, and Riot, can just move past this, move into Challengers 2, because everyone's fighting for spots at Reykjavik. This is going to get even more contentious, because... Instead of eight spots for all the teams in North America, where there's probably eight really good teams, there's only two spots for North America at Reykjavik. And there's still eight really good teams. <laughs> so, uh, have fun battling it out over the next two months, boys, because uh, you're in for a rough one. <laughs> hopefully, Hopefully this one will be the last online challengers event and challengers three which again will still be regional 
Challengers 3 will be able to be on land, so we won't have to deal with this anymore for, for Stage 3 Challengers. Heck, maybe some of the Challengers... Nah, maybe not. We, we'd be lucky, because... I feel like Stage 2 Challengers starts in, uh, starts in April. Like, uh... Yeah, Valor Valorant uh, Champions Tour. Let's see. Uh, North. Yeah, I don't feel like googling it. But when does when does uh, Valorant Valorant Champions Tour Stage Two start? Valorant Champions Tour Stage. Let's see. Uh, let's find. All right, regional finals start on October 29th and run through May 2nd. So the qualifiers for the qualifiers for that will probably be yeah in April, like pretty much the entire. Uh, stage two challengers one. The first one's on April 8th. Oh geez. That's in like a week. That's, that's, that's in two weeks. And, uh, the open qualifiers from, uh, from NSG and everything would come before that. No, no teams have been announced for it yet. It's probably just going to be like, you know, a bunch of North American teams and it's going to come down to the same, like top 16 ish. But yeah, the the main event itself is April fourth through April eighth, so that's in uh, that's in two weeks. The open qualifier will probably be yeah next week. Starts on the first and uh, runs through runs through next weekend. So that keep an eye out for uh, my predictions on that. That'll be on next week's show, obviously. But yeah, this is uh, yeah they're still online. This is only going to get more contentious as we get closer to Reykjavik because. I mean, we're we're fighting for a bigger prize here. Instead of just making a regional major, this is an international land major with uh with points heading towards uh world championships at the end of the year on the line. So uh this is going to be this is going to be interesting. We'll see where this goes from here. Hopefully everyone can just move on, but I highly doubt it, especially if NSG makes another questionable at best decision like this. And and NSG, to their credit, tweeted a very funny picture of uh, of the Wolverine meme with LAN events. <laughs> because when you're on LAN, ping doesn't freaking matter because all 10 guys are in the same room. So, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's hope... That maybe by, maybe not by the end of stage two, because that's cutting it real close. That's April. But maybe for, uh, maybe for stage three, we can have, we can have LAN events for, uh, for the, at least challengers, maybe not for the open qualifiers to challengers, but challengers itself can be, you know, on LAN. But, uh, we'll see. That's, uh, that's not really NSG's decision now, is it? But... That's what I got for the show today. Hope you all enjoy. Hope you all enjoy this absolutely stacked weekend of action to watch between more CDL, March Madness, NBA post-trade deadline, spring training games, if that's what you're into. 
And of course, the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight. I hope you all enjoy whatever it is you're going to watch this weekend. If you like the content, go check out my TikTok. It's got stream clips. Go check out the stream itself. That's where all the TikToks come from. But hope you all enjoyed. Have a great weekend. And the schedule will be a little weird next week. So I will talk to you guys on Thursday. See you then.